2.50 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer. You are stumbling into a 2022 edition of the Taking All Wrong Podcast. I, as always, am your host, J.D. Mill, joined this week by uh, my truck. I'm just in my truck <laughs> um, recording, driving around, and uh, I had a couple people... Uh, lots of people were asking me to record a podcast episode. That's untrue. It was like two people, or actually, it was one person. Uh, and then Stepper had an idea for a segment. Uh, and I thought, yeah, it's time. It's been, uh, I don't know, was it November probably the last time I recorded anything? And, you know, great intentions after the. Wisconsin game, uh, uh, MV and Ben and I were planning to record something, and then in the excitement, I forgot that I had a work trip that week, my first business trip in two years, uh, so we didn't record, and then I think the next week, we had some scheduling issues with, uh, I think Ben and Matt had their kids, and anyways, next thing you know, go for bowl game. And now it's mid, uh, it's mid January. So happy new year, everybody. Um, sorry about the lack of, um, top pods. It's just, uh, it's been life, you know? Um, but man, you know, it's really, in thinking about the gopher season, it's like, uh, nine win season. You know, these are seasons that I mean, I think back to the Mason years, and it was just like six wins, six wins, six six wins, all six wins all the time. Never felt like we could get over that hump. Obviously, they did a couple times, but never could really get over that hump. And you know, I always remember saying in those years, Jeffrick and I would talk about the goal of you know what the program could be, and it was always getting to that Wisconsin and and Iowa level. It was never, you know, back in, in the early 2000s, it was never, you know, we always said, like, we're probably not going to get to Michigan and Ohio State level. But if we could get to the point where the team is rattling off seven, eight, nine wins every year and maybe three, four years, you've got a special team that can go to a Big Ten championship or compete for a Big Ten championship, you know, have an opportunity to make it to a Rose Bowl, that would be, that would be, you know, where we would like to get as a program. That seemed realistic, and we all know Glenn Mason probably never thought that was the case. He thought he had kind of peaked out at Minnesota, but you know, the reality is, is like, that's kind of where we're sitting right now, right? I mean, obviously 2019 was a special season. 2020 never happened. Uh, But 2021, you know, this was a a good year, an eight-win season. And then you look back on that eight-win season and you go, holy crap, missed opportunities, right? Obviously, everybody's going to talk about that Bowling Green loss. Uh, 
everybody's going to remember the Illinois loss. There's two, you know, uh, uh, those two games right there bring you to 10 wins. But, you know, even like, look at the Iowa game. I know everybody's talked about this ad nauseum, but that might be from from the standpoint of like it, against Illinois and against Bowling Green, we just played like shit. Let's just call it what it is. We did not play well. Our the coaches didn't scheme for it properly. We can talk about Mike Sanford Jr. We probably should, but we just weren't going to win those games. We just we just didn't have it those days. We we didn't bring the right energy, the right game plan, whatever. Against Iowa, man, that was a winnable game, and we beat ourselves that game. I mean, really, with those two. Uh, explosive plays we gave up to Iowa's offense, which I ran into a guy I hadn't seen the other day, hadn't seen him for a couple years, and he goes, oh, hey, I got to show you something. It's something you probably haven't seen in a while, and shows me a picture of Floyd on his phone. I was like, yeah, F you. But honestly, he, I, I we were talking about it, and I said something about, you know, those those explosive plays, and he was like, who says Iowa and explosive plays in the same sentence? But, you know, even even they know. But, you know, there again, it's like that, that I mean, that, that could have been, Ohio State should have been our only loss of the season if we, if we really look at it. I remember before the Nebraska game, uh, talking to Frothy Gopher, and I said, if we win today, uh, we're going to go 9-3. and three. I thought our only other loss would be against Iowa um, and then I figured nine and three to, to finish the regular season um, I, I thought we would beat Wisconsin and you know obviously that Illinois game after that was was a, uh, a silly glitch um, but here we are we go win a bowl game eight 18 six obviously I mean that guaranteed rate bowl I mean, we could talk about a lot of things that field <clears throat> egregious, right? Gross. First of all, don't play football games in baseball stadiums. That's stupid. Second of all, hey, how about not putting out a sod field, real turf? What was it, four days before the game? And then if it's raining, how about not opening the roof? Yeah, I get the production of the game. And you know the skydiver and and uh, and and the fireworks or whatever I think there was during the national anthem. But how about not? How about just going? Nah, the game is more important. But instead, uh, you got guys slipping and sliding out there, and it really it really seemed like they wanted to come out and throw the ball. I'm not breaking any news here. Obviously, you've heard plenty of other people talk about this, but. It really seemed like the Gophers wanted to come out and throw the ball, and uh, the reality was, you know, you've got Tanner slipping, Michael Brown Stevens uh, slipping on that um, comeback route. Um, I mean, it just they weren't going to be able to get their footing, and so they did what PJ Fleck teams do: they they batten down the hatches, and we're going to run you to death. Uh, we're just going to dominate the line of scrimmage. We're going to hold this lead. Uh, and 18 to six. I mean, ha have you ever seen a closer game that was more dominated by one team? Just score-wise, obviously close, but there was 
there's absolutely no chance that Minnesota was losing that game. We, we dominated um, on both lines of scrimmage. And really, I mean, if not for the field, I mean, we were, I was, I watched the game with Biff and we were talking about it as kickoff started. Would just be, we were just saying, man, wouldn't it be great? Excuse me, dealing with a little bit of a seasonal cold or something. But uh, we, Biff and I were talking and saying, man, wouldn't it be great to just come out and hammer these guys? Just, you know, put up 35, 40 points, uh, strangle them on defense, just put up a big showing and sort of announce that, hey, this is what's this is what's coming next year. Um, but that wasn't to be the case, thanks to um, the the folks running the operations at the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. And so Gophers win 18-6. Um, obviously, I think I've probably said it on this podcast at least a half a dozen times. Give me Joe Rossi and an extended period of time to prepare, uh, and I feel pretty good. Um, obviously, we know for that game... Mike Sanford Jr. was out. Kurt Soroka had been uh, rehired by P.J. Fleck. Interesting story there. Sounds like uh, there was some bad blood that had to be smoothed out uh, prior to that being able to happen. But Kirk Soroka had been fired uh, coming off of being an offensive analyst for West Virginia. And... Uh, isn't involved, we're told, in the game plan, but uh, but did uh, uh, so. Matt Simon, I'm sorry, Matt Simon uh, was offensive coordinator for the bowl game, and you know, unfortunate that he didn't get a chance to sort of show out like he did against Auburn in the Outback Bowl uh, from a couple of years ago. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, a, a, a win is a win. Um, and obviously, you know, Simon getting to um, be a part of that game planning and what, what they, what we think anyway, they wanted to do um, uh, was a good experience for him. And uh, so we'll see what happens now with uh, Soroka coming in. Uh, Simon stays on the staff. Unfortunately, Gophers have lost Clay Patterson, uh, who was tight ends coach, but. Um, but uh, looked looked like a promising uh, position coach, and but Fleck decides to bring back Soroka. Simon stays on staff, so it would appear that there's some synergy there with those two guys, uh, and we'll see what happens in the future uh, with that. But uh, I know Fleck kind of talked about in a couple press conferences. He, he basically alluded to the fact that like. We want to throw the ball more. We want to be more successful throwing the ball. And obviously we know with Sanford getting fired, you know, what happened against Bowling Green, what happened against Illinois, to some extent what happened against Iowa. I mean, offensive game plans were just lacking, right? I mean, there just wasn't the the, the plan to do anything but play man ball and in theory we should have the horses to play man ball at least against Illinois with a first year coach and at least against Bowling Green 
if you don't have anything else, if you can't make an adjustment, if you don't have a backup plan when you've got a team that comes in and is fundamentally sound and can kind of start to shut you down, I mean, what are you supposed to do? And that was, that was to me, the big downfall of Mike Sanford is... <clears throat> sure, play the, you know, bring bring the game plan in that you want. And and obviously Fleck has huge uh, influence over what that game plan is going to be. But come in with that, but you know, have a plan. Be able to do something different. Have something in your back pocket when you need you know, 8 yards, when you're in third longs, when you uh, when you're behind the sticks, when you need to get some crucial yards at a crucial time in the game. I mean, think about the entire fourth quarter, basically, at Bowling Green. When you need to get some freaking yards, what's your plan? What's, what's, the, what's the special sauce you can pull out? And uh, Sanford just didn't have that. And obviously, the huge step back that... Tanner Morgan took and listen is it Tanner Morgan taking a step back or is it not having an offensive game plan that sort of fits with what his strengths are uh, what he does well and that was the thing that we I think we talked about it earlier in the season with Kirk Soroka was you you know what Whatever you think about Tanner Morgan, whatever you think about Kirk Soroka necessarily as an offensive coordinator, he knew how to put together a game plan or he had a game plan. Maybe, I I don't know if it was just the right fit or if he was playing to Tanner's strengths necessarily, but he was able to put together a game plan that played to Tanner's strengths, that had quicker passing concepts, quicker route combinations. So guys get open quickly. Tanner knows he's got two or three, maybe three reads that he's got to make if the first guy's open. We know Tanner's not a great progression guy, right? I mean, he's, he's here's my number one read. That's the guy I'm going to follow. If he's not there, then he, he can move on. But really, Tanner's like a two-read guy, uh, in my opinion. And Kirk did put that together for him better than anybody. I mean, 2019, you just think about slanting teams to death. Just slant after slant because it works, because it's quick, because Tanner knows exactly where that guy's going to be, because the receiver knows how to get underneath. I mean, that's what I think about when I think about Tanner Morgan. And this year was just five-step drops and long route combinations and really if if it was like trying to keep the off the defense honest the plan was just just throw it deep doesn't matter if it's complete or not we're just you know trying to keep it honest let them know that we can try to go deep but like you just don't have a deep threat on this team like you did in 2019 and there was just it didn't seem like there was anything in between until the last couple weeks of the season. And I would suspect that by that point, Fleck and, and Morgan and 
you know, the offense, certainly the fan base, not that we matter, but had lost faith in Mike Sanford. So PJ making the quick move to, to move on from Sanford. I said this, I think, on Twitter, but I think uh, even more important than Fleck making the move is just signaling his willingness to go, yep, I made a mistake. We got to move on. Do it quick. Uh, swallow, And then swallow his pride with uh, Kurt Soroka and go, uh, and, and go get him. Uh, I, I, th- I thought that was really good. So really, I mean, for all the weird crap that happened in this season... And for the Bowling Greens and the Illinois of the of the world, the way the season ends with the the Wisconsin win, uh, obviously, I mean, all timer at the bank. Uh, the Wisconsin win, with followed by Sanford uh, getting fired, followed by PJ and Soroka getting the band back together, and then the bowl win. I mean, pretty good feeling of a, a way to end the season, and you kind of take a step back, and if you can swallow uh, what happened with Bowling Green in Illinois and just kind of put that aside and go, you know what, 9-4, and four, it's a pretty dang good season in the Big Ten. Uh, you'll take it and uh, and move on. I think it, it, it's a learning year in a lot of ways uh, for P.J. Fleck, and that's a good thing. There's nothing... There's nothing wrong with that. He's still a young coach uh, and still a, a very young coach in, in Power 5, um, but making the making the right moves, in my opinion. So um, I thought that was great. Um, as far as the rest of the bowl season is concerned, uh, pretty good showing for the, for the Big Ten. Um, you know, really nice year. I don't have it in front of me, but I think the Big Ten... Uh, only had two losses, if I'm remembering right. Sorry if I'm I'm wrong on that, but um, obviously Wisconsin uh, taking care of business, uh, Iowa doing what they do, um, Minnesota and, and Ohio State. What a thrilling Rose Bowl that was! Holy smokes, uh, that game against Utah. Utah looked like they were going to uh, beat the pants off Ohio State, and then. Ohio State remembered that they were still something to play for. Uh, that was a that was a heck of a game. So so good bowl season uh, for the Big Ten. So uh, off season time, we got a few months, I guess, until the spring game. Um, next year's schedule. So as I record this, it's uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, what's the date? January twelfth. There's supposed to be an announcement today about the Big Ten schedule. If you've looked at next year's schedule, and I'm sure that you have, the season begins with five straight games at home. So the Gophers are basically home the entire month of September. And then for the rest of the season, they have one home game in October and one home game in November. So, if you had any early fall plans, go ahead and cancel them. But listen, like I said, uh, there is supposed to be a a schedule announcement today with some adjustments coming out that somehow have to do with 
2020 in the schedule shift. I don't really know, um, but it sounds like that's going to get switched up. I did see something on Twitter last night that Penn State had already released their new schedule and it switched up the Gopher game. So we know some changes are coming and we'll, we'll have more information on that today. Maybe by the time you listen to this, that will already be out. So, speaking of the future, uh, the other thing uh, that I want to discuss is the future of Topon. And obviously, you know, this year was not <laughs> not uh, our best effort, uh, my best effort, uh, from from the standpoint of uh, putting out episodes. There was. Uh, there were some uh, work things, some personal things uh, that, that led to not putting out episodes. And then, you know, on top of that, there were just weeks where it was like, you know what? Don't feel like it. Uh, you know, best laid plans. Going to put out an episode this week and then something came up or, you know, whatever. It just, it just didn't work out um, a lot of weeks. And... You know, Jeffrick and I started this podcast, I think it was basically when Fleck was hired. And it's kind of like when Brewster was hired. So I've, I've been blogging or podcasting about gopher football basically for... Jesus, it's like 16 or 17 years. And I've told this story before, but I started out uh, with a fire, fireglenmason.blogspot.com. And I was kind of, I think that was, I think that was 2004? Might have been five, I don't know. Anyways, my, my year, the, the, I, I got my years mixed up. But in any case, and I was kind of pat myself on the back. I was kind of a year ahead of the curve. There ended up being two uh, Fire Glen Mason um, websites that came out after that. And once Glen Mason was fired and Tim Brewster was hired, we were all jacked up. Thought, here we go. You know, this is exciting. It was kind of the first coaching change of my, you know, 20s. So I was really paying attention at that time. And so Tim Brewster came in and I obviously shut down Fire Glen Mason and started up, I think it was just called gopherfootball.blogspot.com, which back in those days, it was like, you pay for a web name or you just do Blogspot. And I wasn't putting out, I wasn't putting out any money to start to, to a blog. So anyways, gopherfootball.blogspot.com. Jeffrick joins me. We, uh, we, we blog there for, I think a couple years. And then we were, uh, we were recruited by the daily gopher. So Jeffrick and I joined the daily gopher. And while we were at the daily gopher, I think, actually, I think we started podcasting when we just had the blog spot site. And then when we switched over to 
the Daily Gopher. We were writing at the Daily Gopher and then also doing the podcast. We did that for a few years. Uh, I think Jeffrick and I both stepped away from the Daily Gopher the same year. Uh, and then a couple years later is when we started this, when we started Top Hot. Um, and then obviously Jeffrick, uh, after a couple years, was getting real busy with kids and um, had to step away. Um, and then I started, you know, in 2019, we had Frothy on pretty much every week. And then it was Ben and MV and Jake with basketball and also football. And it was the, the beauty of the podcast for me was it was just like, it was just me chatting with my friends, right? Just the people that I tailgate with, the people that I uh, have conversations with on Twitter, uh, the people that I stay in touch with. We just get together and we talk go for football and it was super fun. Um, and obviously it peaked in so many ways, uh, but it peaked along with go for football with that Penn State game in 2019 when we did the live top pod from Stub and Herbs and we're in Stub and Herbs and it's uh, me and Stepper and Frothy and Jeffrick and Jake and MV and Ben and I'm sure I'm missing somebody but we had we had like seven, eight, nine people at a table at Stubborn Herbs. We're recording a podcast through our phones, basically, just calling into a conference line, even though we're at the table together. Um, and that was the peak in a, in a few ways. Number one, that was the most people we had on the show at once, obviously. It was the first time we ever did a live podcast, first and only time that we had ever done a live podcast. Um, and then from a listenership standpoint, that was far and away the, the biggest week um, that we've ever had on Top Hot. We've had some other weeks uh, come close since um, uh, after the Outback Bowl and a couple, a couple other things. Actually, the the podcast where I did a tribute to my uncle um, came very close. I'd have to look at the numbers again, but um, came very close as well. So, um, and then 2020 was kind of like for go for football, in my opinion. It just didn't happen. You know, we tried to tried to have some podcasts, and you know, it's just one of those deals where it just. Uh, I don't know. Just wasn't firing. We tried to get her going again this year uh frothy decided to to step away uh mv and ben were ready to step up but those guys you know have family obligations and kids and work obligations and things like that and so scheduling just became difficult sometimes and it just didn't pan out a lot of times um and then, you know, I started kind of doing these solo podcasts. And I don't know. I mean, it, these are fine. The 
it's fun to just get my thoughts out and just kind of spew up, you know, some go for football thoughts, some uneducated go for football thoughts. What did that Nebraska fan call me? Uh, a mouthy, low IQ fo- football mouthpiece or something like that. Anyways, all that's to say, guys, um, that top pot has just run its course for me. Um, it's been a ton of fun. It was awesome memories. Uh, it was really good times with friends. Uh, really good times. I mean, I've gotten to know some of you guys, some of you guys that are listeners, uh, through Twitter, um, but also in person. I mean, we tailgated with Seabass and, and uh, Dr. Young. Uh, Jung? Jung? Dang it. Sorry, Carl. Um, down in Tampa. Um, and, you know, just got to chat with people and, um, you know, Andy Haugen and, um, I mean, just interact with Boatwagon and, you know, got to meet some other folks and it was fun. It's always been fun, but at some point it's like for me, and I'll tell you the reason that I, I always said with blogging that the, the, when it felt like a job, I was done. And that was the reason that I ended up walking away from the daily gopher is like, and just sometimes it felt like a second job. If, and when it, when it started at any point to feel like an obligation instead of fun, I was done with it. And that's sort of the route that's happened with Tawpod. You know, we always said, Jeffrick and I, when we started this, said it's a fan podcast. We're not going to try to, like, get media credentials. We're not going to go to press conferences. We're not going to try to be, like, journalists. It's a fan podcast, and that's really what we've tried to keep it. But, you know... There were weeks during this football season where I was like, oh, I should really record a podcast. And it was just like, I don't feel like it. And that's when I started to feel like, man, once it's once it's not about just BSing with friends anymore, once it's not about, about you know, having those fun conversations and duplicating those tailgate conversations once that part's over it's like what's left and for me it just felt like an obligation I feel obligated I've I have felt obligated through this season thinking about the you know 400 to 500 listeners that we typically get for a top hot episode and thinking I owe those people an episode. They have supported us. And like I said, that feels like an obligation. And I I don't want to be beholden to have to put this together. Um, I want to be a fan. 
so part of me is like well then you should just put out the podcast when you feel like it and if people want to listen that'll be fine but you'll you'll have an outlet if you want to talk about gopher football and there's a couple of like logistical issues with that one is that there's a cost it's a small cost it's not a huge cost but there's a cost to putting this together from the standpoint of hosting and additionally actually here's the biggest reason here's what I don't want to do I don't want to just have it fade away I don't want to just have it like I don't I don't want people to go whatever happened to Top Hot and then they look and go oh well they did an episode you know before the Illinois game in 2020 and that was the last episode and now it's 2023 or whatever like that's what happens to every podcast every blog it just somebody gets sick of doing it and they just kind of quit doing it and then it's just not out there anymore and so I think I'd rather just go you know what we had a good run we had a lot of fun we made some memories we got to experience some things together we were never the X's and O's podcast we were never the super technical podcast it was always just Actually, what we became was kind of the pulse of the program. In That's what I felt like. This is how it felt to be at the game. This is how it felt. I think about that win, that 2018 win over Wisconsin. And Frothy Gopher and I did a drunk cast. I think still our only drunk cast, if you don't count the live Penn State. But we did a drunk cast and we just relived the game. And it was like, that's what it what Topod became for the 2019 season then was, how does it feel? How does it feel to be experiencing this thing that we haven't felt together before? How does it feel to win these games that we're not supposed to win? How does it feel to be discussed? How does it feel to be a top 10 team? <coughs> how does it feel to have lived through years and years of futility and heartbreak and being upset and mediocrity, how does it feel now to have what we've dreamed of? That's what the 2019 season became about. And it was, we talked a lot about it's different now. And we talked a lot about Enjoying it, feeling the emotions of it. I'm feeling the emotions of talking about it right now. Um, but that's what it became, and it was great. It was super exciting, and I had these ideas of trying to do big things with the podcast. You know, I at one point had business cards like these little square business cards printed up with the logo which my wife designed and drew by the way the top odd logo designed by my wife had the logo 
had the links, uh, you know, all that. And my plan was just to hand them out to random people at games and try to get more listeners. And, you know, I had 300 or 500 of these things printed up and I probably still have 250 or however many left. I mean, I, I handed a few out, but it's just like, I'm not good at being my own hype man. I'm not good at hyping this up. And, you know, there was talks of, like, doing more live stuff. Uh, and I talked to Luke. I, I emailed with Luke Buer for a while about, you know, what kind of equipment do you need to do this live thing? And what, you know, what's required? And, and you know, thought about doing that. And that required you know, some equipment and how are we going to get this equipment? Well, let's, you know, do some t-shirts and I had all these ideas and it was never like the, the time was never right or it never panned out the right way or whatever it was. And it just, you know, it just feels like, like I said, like, I just don't, I don't want this thing to just burn out. I think is it better to burn out or to fade away? I don't know which this is. This is this is just calling it an end, I guess, but I don't, I don't want to just go away. Um, I want to, I want to tell you that we're done, that I'm done, that it's been a ton of fun, that I've enjoyed getting to know, uh, every one of you that uh, I've enjoyed doing this, but it's run its course for me. I'm in, I'm, uh, a man of 40, completed 44 years on this planet and uh, just just feels like it's time to just be a fan and there's always Twitter you know I'm still gonna say my stupid shit on Twitter but I think as far as uh, as far as recorded uh, recorded artistic expression uh, JD Mill is signing off for now who knows I'm not gonna say never but for now I just it, it just feels like it's run its course. I keep saying that, I know. Um, but I'm just ready to not have to uh, not have to think about doing it. So <clears throat> so this is farewell. Um, clink them and drink them. You can't listen to this podcast anymore, but there's a lot of other good ones out there to listen to. And that's another thing, quite frankly. There are s- some really good, knowledgeable podcasts out there now about go for football and they're super worth listening to i listen to them every week and i listen to them and i go what the what the hell am i gonna talk about um so anyways um so clink them and drink them you don't have to go home but you can't stay here uh jeff rick would tell us to stay classy and go gophers and i will remind you to row the boat and see how you mind.